coming to town. A limo driver waits for him outside the airport terminal. The driver has received instructions that Santa Claus will be heavyset, bearded, and jolly, and may jingle. The driver scans the terminal for a man matching this description. Just to be safe, he holds a laminated sign that says, S. Claus. Santa Claus arrives an hour late. He has jet lag and swollen, jingling feet. Five years ago, Santa wouldn't have been caught dead in a commercial aircraft, but ever since the 2006 Donner and Blitzen scandal, Santa Incorporated's board of directors have prohibited Santa from using reindeer for personal travel. On the drive to his hotel, Santa sees his image on countless billboards. Santa selling buffalo wings, Santa selling Coca-Cola, Santa selling homeowner's insurance, Santa selling imported beer. With private and corporate donations at an all-time low, Santa Incorporated's operations are now predominantly funded by licensing deals with advertisers, malls, department stores, and the Salvation Army, as well as the damages from hundreds of lawsuits for misappropriation of image and likeness filed by Santa Incorporated's lawyers against everyone from Hewlett Packard to the city of North Pole, Alaska, to high school productions of Miracle on 34th Street, to the adult film company responsible for O Come, O Come, On Emmanuel, and Have Hizzy Jizzy Christmas. Ho, ho, Home Depot, says a billboard Santa, a one-stop winter wonderland for all my home improvement needs. The real Santa grimaces. He has little say in how his likeness is used by advertisers. Those decisions are made by Santa Incorporated's legal, marketing, and brand licensing teams. Tis the season for shiny, high-waist leggings, says a skinny, beardless billboard Santa, with a legging-clad teenage girl posed suggestively on his lap. Unto you, our style is worn. Santa checks into his hotel. He uses the assumed name Chris Kringlestofferson to minimize any unwanted attention. Hotel guests assume he is a mall Santa, and their children accost him and demand iPods, iPhones, Androids, Xboxes, Wiis, PSPs. Santa tells the children that 50 years ago, little boys and girls were happy just to get a candy cane or an orange, and one of the children says, you're not really Santa Claus, are you? Santa says that's just the sort of attitude that gets someone a lump of coal in his stocking, and the child bursts into tears as Santa asks the concierge for directions to the hotel bar. At the hotel bar, Santa orders a rum and coke. Santa's physician has recommended that Santa reduce his alcohol intake, but Santa pays his physician's advice little heed. At Santa's last physical, his doctor said that if Santa didn't dramatically change his diet and lower his cholesterol levels, he could be dead within a year. 
Santa said that he was 247 years old. He hoped he would be dead within a year. Santa hates his doctor, but unless Santa Incorporated changes health insurance providers, Santa is stuck with him. The doctor is the only general practitioner in the North Pole in Santa's PPO. At the bar, Santa flirts with dental hygienists in town for a convention. He asks them if they've been naughty this year, if they want to sit on his lap, if they've ever seen the North Pole. In two and a half centuries, Santa has gone through 11 Mrs. Clauses. He's outlived six of them and divorced the rest. Santa is still technically married to Mrs. Claus number 11, Ivanka, a 26-year-old lingerie model from Belarus, but only in a strictly legal sense. Ivanka filed for a separation last week, citing irreconcilable differences. If the tabloids are to be believed, she has spent every day since the separation on a yacht off the coast of Dubai with the CEO of the German company that manufactures Santa Incorporated's sleighs. Santa retires to his hotel room alone. He invited the hygienists to join him for eggnog and conversation, but they declined his offer. Even after 220 cumulative years of marriage, Santa is still mystified by women and by his feelings toward them. It's so much easier for the Santa in Have a Hizzy Jizzy Christmas, Santa thinks dejectedly, as he scrolls through the hotel's pay-per-view movie options. Santa thinks back to his first wife, Gunhilda, the 1780s, he muses. My, those were different times. Gunhilda stuck with him until her bitter end. There was no such thing as irreconcilable differences back then. But to be fair, the life expectancy in the North Pole was only 35 then. An unsatisfying marriage was a lot more palatable to women back when they expected their husbands to die at any moment of smallpox. Santa continues scrolling through the pay-per-view movie options. The hotel offers Marmaduke, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Shawshank Redemption, soft and hardcore pornography, Dude, Where's My Car? Santa reads the synopsis of the adult film Oral Arguments 21. When sexy, barely legal eagle Bambi Meadows appears before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 69th Circuit, the lower court's judgment of no-holds-barred, gavel-banging, girl-on-girl action is unanimously and erotically affirmed. Below the synopsis is an image of a blindfolded, toga-clad Bambi Meadows holding the scales of justice and a long, blurred-out object that is almost certainly not a sword. Just ten years ago, she was probably setting out milk and cookies for me, Santa sighs. Ten years ago, I was shimmying down her chimney. Santa reads the synopses of Amateur Teen Ski Trip 7, Big Booty Bursar's Office 11, Marmaduke. He turns off the television. Thumpity thump thump, thumpity thump thump, the guests in the next room go. Thumpity thump thump, thumpity thump thump, moaning, oh, oh, oh. Underneath the mistletoe, buried in a 
company holiday party is now in effect. Please continue performing your assigned tasks. We will bring the eggnog and the figgy pudding to you. Remember, there are only seven days left until Christmas, so let's all make sure we celebrate productively and efficiently. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Thank you. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a tree, a pear tree, she said, a sapling, two years away from bearing fruit, the tree transplanted by my true love in our front yard, in between reindeer lawn ornaments. In addition to the tree, she gave to me a partridge, which apparently came with the tree. The partridge was perched on one of the pear sapling's bare limbs. A special buy one pear tree get a partridge free holiday deal, good through December 31st. I didn't like pears, or birds, or trees, but I thanked my true love anyway, told her she had read my mind. A partridge in a pear tree was what I had always wanted. She kissed me and said, Merry Christmas, and I said Merry Christmas right back. Sleigh bells rang, chestnuts roasted, snow glistened. Our day was merry and bright. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three more birds, two of them turtle doves, small and brown, taxonomically members of the pigeon family, and the other, an additional partridge, included free of charge with yet another pear tree. I was puzzled by the gifts. My true love knew I didn't like animals. I had indicated as much when my true love had wanted to get a dog, and yet, here they were, two partridges and two turtle doves, caged in our living room, squawking and cooing throughout all four quarters and halftime of the Little Caesar's pizza bowl. 
Now, I adored my true love, was completely devoted to her, had surrendered to her my heart ever since our first fateful encounter in the window treatment section of the local Bed Bath & Beyond three years prior, but I couldn't help but question her judgment in gifting me duplicate birds and trees during the worst recession since the 1930s. Why was one partridge not enough, one turtle dove, one pear tree? Was she afraid the birds, without a partner, would become lonely? Was she worried that a solitary pear tree would be unable to thrive? Or had she simply fallen victim to the artful inveigling of holiday salesmen who assured her that this Christmas there was no better expression of one's love than the gift of birds and trees? Whatever the reason, the fact remained that she was my true love, my darling, my sweetheart, my liebe, ma chérie, mi amour, and no misguided Christmas gifting was ever going to change that. And so, after the Little Caesars pizza bowl had concluded, I drew my true love close, gazed tenderly into her eyes, and told her I loved the turtle doves and the partridges and the pear trees, and my true love gave to me a passionate embrace, and we retired to our bedroom, where we shed our gay apparel, came faithfully, joyfully, and triumphantly, and let fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat our sounding joy. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six more birds and one more pear tree. As before, two of the birds were turtle doves, and one was a partridge. The other three birds were chickens, but my true love didn't want me to call them chickens. She wanted me to call them French hens. Admittedly, I was primarily to blame for the rapid expansion of our front yard's orchard and living room's aviary. In an attempt to avoid hurting my true love's feelings, I had told her I adored the partridges, the turtle doves, the pear trees, and so what had she done? She, my sweetheart, my apple blossom, mi calabacita, had merely given me more of what I, presumably, wanted. The French hens, though, were certainly questionable. A suburban living room is no place for chickens. Anyone will tell you that. I tried to listen to ESPN2's play-by-play of the AdvoCare V100 Independence Bowl, and all I could hear was clucking. Anyway, with ten birds squawking, cooing, and clucking in our living room, and three pear saplings planted in our front yard, it was time to come clean. During halftime of the AdvoCare V100 Independence Bowl, I beckoned my true love to join me on the couch, clasped her hand in mine, and confessed that I had misled her with my praise of her Christmas gifts, that I in fact disliked birds and was indifferent toward pear trees, that, with my free time already as limited as it was, I regarded the birds and trees not as gifts, as expressions of my true love's generosity and affection, but as burdens, the birds with their cages to clean, 
their wings to clip, their seed cups to replenish, their water dishes to refill, the trees with their branches to prune, their roots to fertilize, their pests to spray, their unwanted fruits to harvest. I assured my true love that, obviously, I still loved her as much as I ever had. I still desired her as much as I did three years ago in the Bed Bath & Beyond, but I did not love her gifts, not even close. In fact, I wanted her to return them, if possible. Hopefully, she had held on to her receipts. My true love didn't say anything. Instead, she stormed off to our bedroom and slammed the door, which drove the birds crazy, squawking, clucking, and cooing like you wouldn't believe. The second half of the Advocare V100 Independence Bowl started, but the commotion in the living room was too much to take, so I left the house and watched the rest of the game at a local sports bar, where the only birds were the ones lightly breaded and dipped in honey mustard. I ordered two baskets worth. Georgia Tech battled Air Force on multiple screens. The bartender served me multiple Miller Genuine Drafts. The entirety of Twisted Sisters' A Twisted Christmas played on the jukebox. All was calm. All was bright. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten more birds and yet another pear tree. I was speechless. Just yesterday, I had confessed my distaste for the partridges, the turtle doves, the French hens, the pear trees, had told my true love to return them for a refund or store credit, or exchange them for something I actually wanted, like a holiday 12-pack of Sam Adams or barbecue tongs, but did my true love give to me a holiday 12-pack of Sam Adams? Did she give to me barbecue tongs? No, she gave to me one more partridge, one more pear tree, two more turtle doves, three more chickens, which she still insisted on calling French hens, and four blackbirds, which she insisted on calling calling birds, even when I argued that there was no such thing as a calling bird, it was just a deceptive marketing term invented by salesmen to make blackbirds sound more attractive, more exotic. I mean, if she really thought about it, wasn't every bird she had given to me a calling bird? Could she not hear the other 16 birds in our living room calling and calling and calling morning, noon, and night? On the second day of Christmas, I had privately told myself that my dedication and commitment to my true love could never falter, regardless of what she gave to me for Christmas. But on the fourth day of Christmas, I was no longer certain that this was logically sound. What was true love, anyway? Did true love mean loving someone despite their flaws, their failings, their mistakes, their faults? What if their mistakes were particularly egregious, their flaws particularly glaring, their faults particularly hard to take? Did true love mean unconditional forgiveness, acceptance, clemency, benefit of the doubt? Did it mean loving someone no matter what? 
was my true love really my true love? Would my real true love give to me six turtle doves and four partridges? Would my real true love give to me six chickens and four pear trees? I thought back to our fateful meeting in the bed, bath, and beyond. How radiant she had looked then in the window treatment section's fluorescent lighting. How captivating she had been. How enticing. How promising the future had seemed. By the time we walked together to the checkout aisle, our flirtation having commenced near the aromatherapy bathtub caddies, I was already envisioning our wedding, our honeymoon, our house in the suburbs, our 2.3 children, our anniversaries, silver, gold, diamond. I was not envisioning the insatiable squawking of partridges, the frenetic calling of calling birds, ungodly clucking of chickens. Twenty birds in our living room was not happily ever after. A line had been crossed. A man had to put his foot down somewhere. If not now, then when? The fifth day of Christmas? The sixth day of Christmas? The seventh? Eighth? Ninth? Tenth? I shuddered to think of what tomorrow would bring. Five cockatoos, five flamingos, five emus, five hoot owls, five cackling geese. I would not allow myself to find out. As West Virginia took on North Carolina State in the Champ Sports Bowl, I left my true love and the French hens and the calling birds, the turtle doves, the partridges and pear trees and drove to my parents' house on the opposite end of town. My parents gave to me reheated lasagna and chocolate milk and the bed in the guest room. I gave to myself a holiday 12-pack of Sam Adams and passed out sometime during the Insight Bowl's third quarter. Visions of sugar plums danced in my head. I slept in heavenly... Peace. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are Your grace abounds to me. Oh Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Thank you.
attention elves, it has been brought to our attention that there are several errors on this week's 1055 LZ7 reports. The following children have been erroneously qualified as nice. Bill Hannigan of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Dominique Chevalier of St. Laurent, Quebec. Yuri Novotny of Karlovy Vary, Czech Republic. And Mary Sladis Diaz of Hialeah, Florida. Again, these children have erroneously been qualified as nice. They should all be considered naughty. We apologize for any confusion. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Thank you. Someone else, a doppelganger, a hollow phantom. 
He says, ho, 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 with a voice he no longer recognizes. He's become just like any other Santa, no one special, a fat man jingling his bells in a red, white-trimmed wool suit. Santa stops at a sports bar. The humanitarian bowl is on. Fresno State versus Northern Illinois. The two teams battling each other in Boise, Idaho on a curiously blue field. Santa orders beer and chicken fingers. That's what the goddamn kids should leave me by their fireplaces, Santa thinks, sipping his Sam Adams. Beer and chicken fingers. If I see one more cookie, one more lukewarm glass of milk, I swear to God I'll... Burl Ives' rendition of Holly Jolly Christmas comes on the jukebox, and the bartender gives Santa a wink. Hey pal, says the bartender to Santa, they're playing your song. Santa asks the bartender for another beer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, sings Burl Ives. It's the best time of the year. It's been a long time since I felt jolly, says Santa, to no one in particular. Fresno State scores a touchdown. No one in the bar appears to care. Santa drives back to his hotel. He takes the long way through suburb after suburb, gets lost in countless cul-de-sacs and cookie-cutter courts and confounding crescents and circles. The thought of returning here to these same anonymous, formless subdivisions in six days fills Santa with loathing and dread. Santa passes nativity scene after nativity scene, door wreath after door wreath, fiberglass reindeer after fiberglass reindeer. My God, he says to no one as he gazes at the endless expanse of lit up, blinking McMansions, duplexes, tract homes with their decorated Douglas firs and their piles of wrapped gifts and their stockings hung by the chimney and their Christmas carols playing on high-definition stereo systems. What am I doing? What can I do? What have I done?
attention elves due to the increased threats of the H1N1 flu virus. We are advising all elves to please refrain from kissing beneath any mistletoe. Acceptable alternative displays of affection include chest bumping, elbow tapping, chin nodding, air high-fiving, winking. Let's stay healthy and productive this holiday season. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Thank you. links to the Amazon.com listings for every single item on my wish list. I hope this will make my gift request clearer and will prevent any of last year's mistakes. Also, you will notice that all items are eligible for free Super Saver shipping in case you want to just buy them from Amazon.com and save your elves the trouble of making them or whatever. Let's try to get it right this time. Your friend, Johnny. Hello! My name is Varushka. I looked your profile and think very much would be desirable to get acquainted better. If you want to correspond with me too, my email is verushka87 at front.ru. There I can show you more photos from my life and tell about myself. I, with impatience, wait for your letter. With good wish, Varushka. Bye-bye. Get bigger with free trial http colon forward slash forward slash free Mr. Claus, as per our conversation last Thursday, your office is still out of compliance with Santa Incorporated risk reduction standards. Risk management has repeatedly requested certificates of insurance from Deutsch Litten, Consolidated Reindeer, Figgy Pudding Technologies, and other third-party companies contracted by your office. As of December 18th, the only third-party contractor to meet corporate vendor insurance requirements is Amalgamated Eggnog. If the Office of Risk Management does not receive all necessary paperwork by December 21st, it will prevent the execution of any contracts or purchase orders with non-compliant vendors. Let's work together to ensure that this Christmas season truly is the hap happiest season of all. Best regards, Walter Dean Harris, Compliance Representative Risk Management. Work from home mom makes 5134 a month. Scam or real? Find out here. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash realestatestrategyinvestment.net Santa, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Dexter Oldman, graphic designer, San Francisco Bay Area. Enlarge your manhood up to three per month. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash MyMassiveMeatStick.com Dear Sir, request for urgent business relationship. 
I solicit your utmost confidence in this transaction. It is confidential and top secret. I represent officials of the Nigerian Federal Government Contract Review Panel who are interested in investments to buy and manage fish trailers or go into crude oil explorations with funds which are presently trapped in Nigeria. In order to commence this business, we solicit your assistance to enable us transfer into your account the said trap funds. Unfortunately, as civil servants and members of this panel, we cannot acquire this money in our names. I have been mandated by my colleagues of the panel to look for a foreign partner into whose account we will transfer the sum of 100 million United States dollars. We plan to share the money with 30% going to the account owner, 60% for my partners and myself, and the remaining 10% used in settling all expenses. If you accept this proposal, please be kind enough to send me by fax number one, your company's name, address, telephone, and fax numbers. Number two, your bank name, address, as well as your bank account number. So far, much has been said due to our sensitive position, we cannot afford a slip in these transactions. So contact me immediately through the above email address for further information on the requirements and procedures for this transaction. Please treat with the strictest confidentiality and utmost urgency. Best regards, Dr. Obu Fantas. Nikki, I never meant to hurt you. But what Werner and I have to guess there is something too special to ignore. I'm sorry. I completely understand if I get a lump of coal in my stocking this Christmas. But I'll still leave you milk and cookies as always. I'll miss you, my sweet bowl full of jelly. Give Donner and Blitz in my love. Kiss, kiss. Ivanka. A shrinking income is humiliating. Stop being poor. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash pennystock subprime opportunity dot net. The best gift is always a watches. HTTP colon slash SSLYY dot CEDPUODD dot ru. Whoa! iPhone Rihanna's hot video is here. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash CLK dot GS forward slash 3X8JF. Hi, Santa. Jacob Lowenstein commented on the real Santa Claus wall post. Jacob wrote, Please stop leaving my children, oranges, dolls, and toy trains next to our potted ferns. We're Jewish, you idiot. Reply to this email to comment on this post. Thanks. The Facebook team. Make your lady cry out in joy every night. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash ladies love and longer lap lizard dot com. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and the everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. He made 
attention health. Due to production shortfalls, we are advising all employees to please take only one scoopful of figgy pudding at this time. If additional figgy pudding remains after the initial figgy pudding distribution, a second scoopful will be allowed until all figgy pudding reserves are depleted. A third scoopful of figgy pudding, though unlikely, will be authorized in the event that any figgy pudding still remains after the first and second figgy pudding distribution. A fourth scoopful of figgy pudding will not be allowed under any circumstances. We will continue to update you on current figgy pudding levels via official announcement. Thank you for your cooperation. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Tis the afternoon before Christmas. Santa drinks straight bourbon out of a Jamba Juice cup while struggling through the dense mass of last-minute shoppers at the local mall. He sees himself in the window ads of Old Navy, Hallmark, Foot Locker, Baby Gap, Sunglass Hut. He sees himself on shopping bags, wrapping paper, stationery, tasteless synthetic sweaters. He sees himself soliciting pocket change for the Salvation Army in the parking lot, listening to the whispers of children in the mall rotunda. He no longer checks his email. He sold his cell phone to a hand cream kiosk Israeli for $5 and a four ounce container of organic shea butter. Santa Claus checked out of his hotel three days ago. He's certain Santa Incorporated has sent lawyers or project supervisors or some other species of corporate stooge to retrieve him from his overextended vacation. And so the last few nights he's been paying with cash only and staying in trashy, no-name roadside motels. He's delivered presents to motels before. Stuffed bears and Barbie dolls for little girls whose mommies have fallen behind on their mortgage payments. Action figures and erector sets for little boys whose daddies are under federal witness protection. Who will deliver their presents this Christmas, he wonders. Lars and shipping? Sven in operations? Kristoff in logistics? My intern, Neil? Santa soldiers on past Banana Republic, past Champ Sports, sips bourbon through a Jamba Juice straw, shoulders past the grim, gift-burdened shoppers who surround him on all sides. How has it come to this? From candy canes to the $200 Godiva VIP Gourmet Premium Gift Basket, from Tin Soldiers to the G.I. Joe Conquest of Copra Mountain playset. Santa sees shoppers berating unruly children, arguing with bleary-eyed shop clerks, shouting into cell phones, blackberries, and blue teeth, screaming at each other in serpentine cordon lines. Is this his legacy? 
the fruit of his 200 years of labor? Whatever happened to joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill to men? What hath Santa brought? Santa remembers the first Christmas Eves in the late 1700s. He remembers the thrill of putting on his coat, his hat, his boots, his sash, his jingle bells, the electricity of the Arctic air, the adrenaline rush of the soaring sleigh, the shivers that radiated down his spine when he called each of his eight reindeer by name. But now, two centuries later, the thrill is gone, the pleasure of Christmas's past replaced by a black burning coal of hate. He hates the door wreaths, the Douglas firs, the Yule logs. He hates milk, cookies, candy canes, figgy pudding, tinsel. He hates mistletoe, silver bells, eggnog, wassail, stockings hung by the chimney with care. He hates the nutcracker, white Christmas, miracle on 34th street, it's a wonderful life, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, yes Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, jingle all the way. Santa lets the current of Christmas consumers carry him to Nordstrom. There, in beauty and fragrance, he is accosted by slim-waisted women saturating the air with scents named after common nouns, chance, diamonds, life, insolence, poison. The trend-seeking tide takes him up escalators, past display cases, clothing racks, mannequins, through men, women, juniors, shoes, handbags, and accessories. It takes him to lingerie, where a larger-than-life Ivanka models a Calvin Klein push-up bra on the wall. Ivanka, so young, so vital, so beautiful, and he, so old, so desiccated, so despicable, a jolly old elf, a bowlful of jelly, and to think he once believed that she loved him, Ivanka, sweet Ivanka, Santa presses his beard against her glossy image on the wall. What a fool I've been, thinks Santa, running his fingers along Ivanka's sepiatone skin. How could a woman like that ever love a bowlful of jelly? As Santa mournfully meditates in lingerie, a voice over the mall PA announces ten minutes to closing. Instantly, Christmas cheer becomes Christmas chaos. Shoppers sprint in every direction, tumble into clothing racks, topple mannequins, assail cashiers with credit cards, debit cards, wadded up balls of cash. Fights break out in checkout lines. Blood is spilled in changing stalls. Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas is drowned out by a thousand echoing screams. 
Santa heads for the escalator, but is cut off by a swarm of sweat-soaked parents demanding that Santa listen to their children's requests. The tiny tots accost Santa from all sides. Tickle me Elmo, Super Soaker Tornado Strike, Xbox, Connect, Halo, Reach, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, The Game, Hannah Montana, Pajamas. The wish lists amalgamate, meld into one communal yap of yearning. This is all Santa does anymore. Listen to what other people want. I want a dollhouse. I want an iPod. I want the updated 1055LZ7 Naughtiness Niceness reports. I want a divorce. But what about what Santa wants? To whom does he whisper his wish list? The children battle each other brutally for access to Santa's lap. Security forces in riot gear ascend the escalator. I want, says Santa, I want, I want. The children claw at his suit, his hat, his spectacles, his beard. Santa tells the children what he wants for Christmas in graphic detail, but they do not hear him, no matter how loudly he shouts, his voice growing hoarse as he uselessly pleads, petitions, prays. There is no one who can hear him now. He is completely, utterly alone. A man throws a mannequin's head at riot police. A woman uses an unconscious sales clerk as a human shield. A child sprays Calvin Klein's euphoria into another child's eyes. There is nothing left for Santa to do except escape the riots, flee the mall's madness, climb to the nearest rooftop, barricade the chimney, and wait for the reindeer, wait for the bastards to come. Stars are brightly shining, and this is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and bare pine, until He appeared and the soul felt its worth.
Oh 